If you want to learn more about trade shows, then remember to check out our episode 17 where we talk to Fran Hollingsworth from Mendelssohn Commerce about trade show event logistics and how to make the most out of your event. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put sexy into supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Welcome back, listeners. We have a jam-packed episode for you today full of big data, technology, analytics, and the Internet of Things when it comes to ocean freight. And joining us to put all the pieces together is Don Miller. Don Miller is the Vice President of Global Sales and Marketing at Globe Tracker International APS. Globe Tracker International is an innovative company in the arena of real-time tracking and monitoring of cargo, containers, and other assets across the supply chain through a combination of smart, autonomous asset and advanced data aggregation, analytics, and cloud networks that will have a profound effect on the way major corporations and governments ship, track, and monitor in-transit goods around the globe and across trade corridors. Don Miller has an extensive background in sales, marketing, and new product development, having launched new products and new brands of rum, coffee, and spices in the Caribbean. Currently managing projects in the Americas, Africa, Europe, and Asia, Don has proven his skills in international sales and product implementations. Welcome, Don. We are so happy to have you on the show today and can't wait to hear from you how tech is going to change tracking. So let's get started. Great to be here. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, Don. So why do you think the key to global supply chain visibility is through ocean freight? Well, ocean freight is really the, the missing visibility piece in the global supply chain, not only in terms of the location of the cargo, but also its condition. Uh, we're in a world where over 90% of all goods are shipped by sea. Ocean freight provides the most significant impact on global supply chain visibility and efficiency. Can you tell us about the history of ocean freight? Well, you know, ever since man first sailed the seas thousands of years ago, he transported cargo. The funny thing is the cargo has been transported the exact same way up until about 1956 with the invention of the shipping container. Before that, it was all loose goods, all being carried by hand on and off of vessels. Today, what we're seeing with the shipping container is these megalith vessels that can carry up to 18 and 20,000 containers at a time, and it's changed the industry forever. So why do you think we've commoditized the industry, and how has that held the industry back? Well, the industry has been commoditized in order to protect consumers, really, from global monopolies. I think with, uh, with ocean freight, these cargo vessels are going all around the world, and there's various companies in the world vying for, for global dominance. But, you know, at the same time, it's held the industry back because it really stagnates uh, entrepreneurial growth and stagnates innovation around the core business of shipping itself. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of changes in this industry. Um, I'm hearing of a lot of, you know, amalgamations or, or buyouts and, and different things like that. So what are the biggest challenges that are facing the industry, um, especially with the newfound love of Internet of Things, data, analytics? Yeah, so 
you know, there's a few there's a few challenges. I'll just mention a couple briefly. And one is that uh, you mentioned consolidation, shipping lines buying other shipping lines, and that is something that has to happen in order for the industry to actually really survive. Uh, not only because too many players are now competing with freight rates of, at, at historic lows, it's just very hard for them to make money. But add that to the fact that IoT data and analytics are coming into play. They all need to consolidate in order to really get to the biggest issue, which is standardization. What we need to get to is all the parties have to agree on a global standard for IoT, on a global standard for data transfer, data sharing, protocols, and how data is analyzed. And equally as important, who owns it? Because in this, uh, in this very complex shipping world, uh, there's various parties that have interest in the data for various reasons, and the ownership of the data as we see moving forward is going to be really important. What changes should we anticipate, and how could the industry embrace them? Well, one of the first changes that will occur is when MERS, uh, the largest shipping line in the world, begins to commercially offer real-time data collected from their own containers. Uh, that's going to happen relatively soon. Uh, from there, I believe the adjustments from ocean carrier side will be trying to catch up with the use cases and be competitive, and also the proper way that they're going to be able to implement the visibility while minimizing their risk and using the data to re reduce operational and uh, improve efficiencies. Wow. So, um, I mean, I guess there is a lot of talk around, you know, survival of shipping lines. And what do you think of what do you think are those key factors of the survival of the shipping lines? And uh, yeah, what's what's your opinion on that? And and yeah. Well, the shipping lines have operated very much the same way for, for, for many, many years without having to change or really do much in their business model or practice. And I guess the first thing that they have to do is they, they're going to have to start embracing change and change not only in terms of their business models, but also in terms of technology, the data collection, and how they share data with their customers. And they need to start looking at their businesses as data conduits of information that will lead their customers to profitability uh, instead of typically saying, I move this box from point A to point B in the world. It's this box carries something valuable that has data attached to it that needs to be moved as well in the supply chain in order to make people profitable. So how are how do you see them doing that? I mean, I, I want to get on to the next question about why is visibility going to have the most impact on the industry? But before we get there, I kind of want to, you know, how do you foresee them doing that? And how do we how do we get this industry that's so, you know, held back and has been held back into, you know, that mindset of technology and, and how we can utilize the data and analytics moving forward? Well, it, it's certainly something that's going to take time. What we're starting to see in the industry now is the move with refrigerated containers, which they call them reefers in the business. And the refrigerated cargo itself is what attracting the expansion into technology first because they can see the real return on investment just from monitoring and managing those assets and the cargo within. I think that's where the change will eventually start. And that technology, data collection, and sharing with their core customers is really where I think the, the business switch is going to happen. After they've embraced that and, and taken that on, uh, we'll, we'll start to see the expansion into the other parts of their uh, container fleet, so dry containers would be the second wave. 
So you think that it's going to start with reefers. How do they start? Like, where, where do we... Where do they start with reefers and how do you see them starting and what are, you know, what are the next options for them in the reefer community before they move to dry van? Like, what's the timeline? What are we looking at here? Well, right right now, if we look at the first use case, because there's really only one of the major carriers in the world, and that's Merck line, have deployed uh, really right now 270,000 refrigerated containers have tracking systems on them with live active data. If you take that now, that project was started and awarded about five years ago. So it took them that long to get to this point where they're now in a position of sharing and looking how to use the data and, and having customers participate. But the good news is, is that now that they've started to share that information, the other shipping lines can see a value and they're starting to get on board. So quicker and quicker, you'll start to see more deployments of maybe not similar size to MERS, but certainly within the realm of ocean shipping, you'll see more uh, container companies, more ocean carriers deploying technology for tracking in order to get the industry to a place where it can compete against some of the other modes of transport. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, we do a lot of the tracking for the containers that go on the Silk Road from China to Europe. Well, that's that, uh, that's a huge journey across five countries, and we're already tracking shipping containers in those lanes. And that actually becomes a competitive product to ocean freight in a sense. It's a little more expensive, but there, it does cut the timeline. So there's increased pressures in trade lanes on rail as well to produce the technology across the board. So what kind of data are we tracking? Are we, like, tracking where these containers are or the temperature of these reefer containers? Um, um, we're, we're tracking a variety of things. So uh, I would say for, for sure location, but uh, in refrigerated containers, you want to make sure that the engines, uh, the reefer engines are running properly. So you're, you're going to be tracking temperatures. You're going to be making sure that they have no alarms, that nothing's happening with them during the transit for a cargo for a customer. And that if there is something that's happened, that you're able to know about it right away. Because typically that's been part of the issue is you don't always know about it right away until it's too late. And um, we're trying to get ahead of the curve in terms of these alarms and in order to reduce claims. And there's a whole bunch of, obviously, savings and, and efficiencies that can happen from knowing these, uh, these specific pieces of data. So then... Um... When we take a look, I guess, at dry vans then and and the other side of the coin, I mean, they're starting with reefers. And I, I think that, you know, that's a good place to start. There's a lot more risk with reefers, obviously, with the, the cargo that they hold and the data that's needed to keep them at a certain temperature so that they don't they're not, you know, they don't perish or, or things like that upon transit. But when we look at dry containers, what is the type of information that everybody is going to going to want from uh, these analytics and these tracking monitors and things like that? Well, we view dry, dry containers as, it's a diverse group, but the majority of the containers don't have real high value in the dry segment. So, it's a different approach to the actual model of how you get the return on investment. So if I had to, if I had to say it, break it down, in, in an ocean journey, you probably have maybe five to seven data points that are actually valuable. And uh, some of them may include when you gated in at the terminal that's departing, maybe when you load it onto the vessel, 
when you got off the vessel, for example, maybe when you cleared customs, those are all points that have value in the supply chain. And knowing those alarms in real time will really be what benefits the, the actual cargo, regardless of its value uh, monetarily. Because whether you're shipping, call it Crocs, or you're shipping uh, containers full of uh, imported Spanish tile, uh, they still need to get notifications of arrivals and certain data points because it helps uh, efficiencies in the supply chain. So who do you target with this kind of um, with this kind of technology? And the reason why I'm asking is because we're talking about steamship lines, we're talking about the steamship lines abdo- uh, adopting this kind of technology. But then you've also got sort of the logistics slash freight forwarding industry that could benefit from this and use it as a competitive advantage. Um, to offer to their clients, although they don't own the containers. And then you've got the customers, especially from a dry container standpoint. I mean, you've got some customers where, you know, the container value is not that high. And then you've got some customers where the value is going to be really high. You know, it's electronics, it's high value goods where they're going to want this type of technology. So, you know, who do you target for this? Who? Where is this... Um, Where's the demand going to be driven from? So, so on, on the short-term side, there's now two, two viable solutions in the market. One is, to, one is you create a per-trip device, which is a device that can go on the dry container. You put it on before the trip starts. The, the customer monitors it, and when it gets to the other side, the customer takes it off, and then they recycle it or they throw it out. There's, a, there's a devices like that out in the marketplace today. Then there's another side of that that says the ocean carrier, if they were to deploy this in large scale on their dry containers, at least the ones that are new, you know, give or take newer than three years old, then they could carry the most valuable of dry cargo in them and track them for the, for the useful lives of maybe a, a further three or four years. And then beyond that, obviously, you could add certain things to it. We view it as sort of a, a part and parcel um, situation where you'll have basic tracking, uh, which will give you four or five data points like I alluded to earlier, and then you'll have the ability to do wireless sensors that would go into the pallets that would actually uh, do parameters on temperature for high-end electronics and so on on a one-off basis where you, you could be, the ocean carrier could then sell that sensor to the shipper and then he, he's just the data pass-through. That's how we kind of view the evolution of this as it comes. Because right now they're putting data loggers in packages, in pallets, in containers today that don't report to anything. They just log data, and then when they get to the destination, they take them out and they analyze if there was a breach excursion. Well, that would be uh, a little bit different here, but it would be live data, and it has the potential to be live. Because with the technology today, you're able to send alarms and parameters to sensors through a network on the vessel, which which hasn't been done much before now. Yeah, because I mean, especially from a logistics freight forwarding standpoint, I mean everything's kind of manual. Um, right now, you're you're waiting to get notified, or you're checking a website to see you know where the container is and things like that. So this is, you know, this is definitely going to revolutionize um, the ocean freight industry, especially you know. How, from how manual it is to how techno, technolo, technological advances that 
and, and where we could go with this type of information. So I think it's going to be definitely interesting. Um, it's definitely going to have an impact on the industry, and it's kind of mind-blowing to really think about where we can go with this. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, who kind of adopts it first. Um, and I, I know that they're starting with the reefers, but the, the dry containers is, is also interesting just to see if, you know, that's going to be customer driven or, or steamship line driven or, you know, if the freight forwarder can get, you know, its hands on that type of technology. It's, it's such an interesting discussion. So um, I know that you've shared a couple of examples with us. Um, do you have any more examples of, of how it will change the industry? I mean, You've, you've told us maybe from a little bit of a steamship, steamship line standpoint um, when it comes to reefers, um, but, but are there any other examples that you can sort of share with us um, so that we can really grasp the technology and where, where the industry is going with it? Well, you know, if you're talking about, we, we interact with shippers every day just by the nature of what we do. And even if the cargo isn't expensive, it's not always that that matters. For example, if you're, you know, we have companies in Ireland that send peat moss to the United States and, uh, you know, for various reasons and fertilizers. Well, it's not about the value of peat moss because it's really not valuable. But what's valuable is if, if and when uh, the shipment arrives, that it's dealt with properly, with efficiency, and it's cleared quickly. And delays in ports and terminals delays in the, the global supply chain have an impact on costs and they have an impact on inventories around the world. So when you're talking about, whether you're talking about from farm to retail store for apples or you're talking factory to end consumer for iPhones, it's really the same issue. It's, I don't want to run out of stock somewhere and if I can get a vessel uh, estimated time on arrival that comes with the tracking that I get along with notifications of when I cleared customs, that means that that shipment's going to move that much quickly through the entire supply chain and get to where it's supposed to get to keep the shelves full. That's where the real value is, and that's where the actual end customer value is in paying for that data or accessing that data. And as long as the shipping lines embrace that, they're in a position to be able to take uh, some of that market share away from a per-trip device, which I spoke about earlier, where you slap it on a container, the shipper controls it, they monitor their own data, and they take it off at the end. In an ideal world, they don't want to do any of that. They don't want to put it on. They don't want to take it off. They'd like to be able to maybe put something in the pallet when they ship something, have it report real time the whole way, and never have to worry about it because the sensor was, you know, $2 instead of having to put a device that's 200 yeah, how limiting is the data from that uh, that device that you that people are putting on containers right now versus the technology that the steamship lines could embrace? Well, it, the steamship lines because they they have the option of a permanent install. I mean, we're we're talking about um, devices that have. If you're talking about a refrigerated container, it's you, it's powered pretty much for over 30, 35 percent of its life. So you could look at battery battery lifetimes of about seven to ten years. And now where we're getting into dry containers is energy harvesting devices that actually can also last ten years. And so if you start looking at that and then IoT with all the low power technologies, then you will be able to talk to sensors and they could be paired with containers ad hoc, like on the fly. So basically the shipper could come 
have a container para sensor that was provided by the shipping line or the technology partner, and they could automatically pair it with a container, and that sensor only talks to that container. It would be far more efficient than anything we could do on a per-trip device. Because we have per-trip devices now that you can install in about 15 seconds, you can remove them just as quickly, and they'll give you a certain amount of parameters. But the benefit of having it as an installed infrastructure piece is that you can get different temperature parameters from different parts of the container and across the whole gradient. And uh, not only temperature, but humidity, G-force, shock, whatever you need. And I think it's that flexibility that would make the overall technology win on the ocean carrier side if they chose to embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to your point about uh, the the usefulness of this this type of techno- technology, I mean, it can help with just-in-time inventory. I mean, ocean freight, regardless of the technology, does take a little bit longer to get there. But I think that it would make things a lot more accurate to be able to um, order the product on a more efficient basis to keep somewhat of a just-in-time inventory, which will also help with cash flow. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we see it in pharmaceutical industry even today. We'll track pharma shipments, and they have specialized um, data monitors that, that monitor temperature to a certain accuracy. I can see a day when ocean freight comes with those stringent regulations to be able to handle more pharma industry products, which the pharma industries is happy to switch away from from air freight because it's really expensive, but they haven't been able to get the the regulations and or the monitoring or the technology in place to be able to do it properly. But I think as the technology has evolved enough that we can certainly meet the GDP compliance within an ocean freight box. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think the industry with this sort of shift in technology, it's almost like we have to shrink to grow again. Absolutely. You know, I always look at it this way. It's a very daunting task when someone says to you, well, my my fleet of refrigerated containers is 125,000. And uh, it's a real real big expense for me to jump into this right now. And all we'd simply say is, what is your most critical trade lane where you think 80, 90% of your customers will want this? Chances are they're going to say Latin America. We want it for the fruit shipments that come from Peru, Chile, Costa Rica, going to anywhere from Europe to the USA. That's a perfect way to start because you get, you get the monitoring, the customer is willing and wanting to pay for it. And again, fruit shipments aren't necessarily that expensive. But a supply chain disruption on the fruit level, as you know, when you go to your favorite grocery store and they run out of strawberries, even in the middle of winter, people get upset now. It didn't used to be like that. You just didn't used to get it before. Yeah, and now oh, they're, know, they're they're opening blueberries from Peru. Those kinds of things. All of those things will start to matter more and more as as the consumer becomes dependent on it. So inventory just in time, as you mentioned, is really critical. Yeah, I I think recently, more recently, they're upset at the price of the strawberries, not the fact that they're not available. Because I don't know about you, but I've been to the grocery store recently, and strawberries are ridiculously expensive. Oh, <laughs> uh, absolutely. But, you know, fruit now is uh, is a global commodity. They're able to control ripening and have fruit shipped all over the world, even avocados from Chile to China, and that's not a short trip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I just want to, I, I know that you sort of touched on the future a little bit, um, but supply chain as a whole, where do you see supply chain in the next five to ten years, and what do you think the challenges will be? 
Well, you know, supply chains are always evolving, and that's uh, in, in the sense that's a good thing uh, because they're driven by they're driven by the businesses that run the logistics. And logistics is only a piece of the overall supply chain problem. Um, we see the integration of sensor data, and of course, the IoT that'll come into supply chains are going to be one of the major changes in the next five to ten years. Um, we 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 look we're looking at uh, the standard called LoRaWAN. It's one of the IoT standards out there. And uh, the UK is deploying infrastructure to do it across cities. Um, France has deployed a, a countrywide network using LoRa. And Comcast in the US announced uh, maybe a month ago that they were uh, going to do a share swap with Semtech to deploy 30 cities in 30 months using LoRaWAN technology. That will allow low cost sensors to be deployed in the millions across all this infrastructure that's built. That's, that's really something huge. Was that LoRa you said, and and what exactly is that? It's called LoRa, yeah, LoRa One. So it's uh, long. It's basically stands for long range, and it's long range, low power wireless networks. It's basically a low powered Wi-Fi that takes so little power from the device that the batteries can last a lot longer, and it's deployed a lot less expensive than say a Wi-Fi enabled devices. Interesting. Okay, so just to wind down the interview, and uh, I want to say thank you because you've you've really provided a lot of insight and uh, information about where we're going in ocean freight. I think it's so critical because everything is just a little bit, you know, held back and and so manual, and uh, it really needs to breathe this fre- breath of fresh air uh, when it comes to technology. So, what's next for Dawn and Globe Tracker? Well, you know, for us, we're focused on bringing the best technologies to the global supply chain. We've always focused on that. We, we believe that the global supply chains are going to be fully integrated. So it, it, it is possible for a technology company to either partner with or provide uh, tracking technologies that go right across the supply chain end to end. And, of course, we're all, always introducing new solutions that extract value from the complex world of shipping. But as a, we view the future as a data-driven one. So devices to us will eventually be commoditized. So, you know, we used to all get excited about our iPhones, but pretty much all phones to some degree are very, very similar. It's just software that runs differently on them and what they do with the data that they get that, that makes the difference. And, that, and we see that no differently in tracking technologies as well. So we're going to go from we use our deep understanding of the market to come up with data that's collected that can benefit our customers and their supply chain partners because that's really what wins at the end of the day. Most of the companies out there today don't know what to do with big data yet, and I think that's really where the key is, is we can unlock this for you, we can collect it for you, but more importantly, here's how it benefits your business, here's how it will save your money, and here's how it will help your partners and your customers. Wow, awesome. Well, we are so excited to follow Globe Tracker and yourself. I know that we're connected on LinkedIn. We're going to have all of your information as well as your website information at our website, twobabestalksupplychain.com. And again, thank you so much for joining Nick and I today. Well, thanks so much. It was a pleasure. Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep your orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and drop ship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. 
Get your free assessment. Visit them at icecorplogistics.com. Check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you. You heard it on today's show. Over 90% of all goods traveled by sea and there is a huge shift in visibility coming. I would like to thank Don for sharing all his insight into this shift so we could start to stay ahead of it. Next week's episode is all about making shipping simple with Laura, founder and CEO of the fastest growing shipping integration called Shippo. You won't want to miss this. This episode is produced by Mike Mazurik. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks for the love, everyone. And remember, ship happens. You heard it on today's show. Over 90% of all goods traveled by sea, and there is a huge shift in visibility coming. I would like to thank Don for all his insight into the shift. We So we could stay. I like it. I like it. I, I'm going to go with yeah. that. Let me just go back. All right. Of Shipco. Shipco is not it. Let's just go from the beginning again. You heard it on today's show. Of the fastest growing shipping integration integrations <laughs> integrations or integration i saw you <laughs> i well i saw there was a line and then i was like really awesome. why i did awesome there i i, I, I...